Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Understanding Your Dreams, featuring Cindy McGill. In this series, you'll learn about God's perspective on dreams and why interpreting them is important. And now, here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, the Elijah Fire teaching series number four. So yeah, teaching series number four, Understanding Your Dreams with Cindy McGill. This is part one of four. And guys, I'm I'm just a little excited, like just a little lot bit excited. Um, and I know that a lot of you guys are as well. I've been seeing comments and, um, this is going to be a great series. It's going to be very useful. I'm sure to yourself and, and others around you as well. So share this, um, my guest that's going to be joining us for the next four weeks. Uh, she's had years of teaching, uh, this topic of dreams, interpreting dreams. Uh, she's done a documentary on it. She's the founder of freedom lounge. She's also the author of the book, what your dreams are telling you. Guys, let's give it up for my guest today, Cindy McGill. Hey. Howdy, howdy. This. So, Cindy, welcome. I, I I was telling you backstage, when I pitched, I, I, I told Illumination, I said, write Cindy, just ask her if she wants to do it. And I was like, you know, she doesn't have to do four, she could do two. Uh, but I just really wanted to get you on the show. And you're like, yeah, I'll do four. And I was like, what? So I'm I'm yeah. super excited and honored oh, to have you here you. doing this. Well, it's an honor to be here. I love you uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Cindy, what can people expect from this series? Well, we've been doing dreams for a long time. And what they're going to expect, uh, they're going to get some biblical understanding of God's take on dreams. Because when we first started doing it, the number one thing that most people said to us who are in the church was you're heading toward the new age. And I was like, Oh no, really not. It was kind of God's idea in the beginning. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take people through some scripture who will give that will give them a foundation of God's idea and God's understanding of dreams and why he chose to use them in, in very important times in history. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about um, the types of tr- dreams. Now, you got to remember, I, I've probably done more dreams uh, for people that don't know Jesus than people that do. OK, so I've been on the streets. I go out mm-hmm. because um, Joel 2.28 says in the last days, which we're in. I mean, if we're just crazy to think we're not. So right. uh, in the last days, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all, all flesh. That means people mm-hmm. that do and don't know him are going to have dreams. And they're going to have visions and there's going to be all kinds of things happening. So um, when people that don't know God have a God given dream that is a message, oftentimes, especially if it's very personal and it's impacting, I'll teach them, uh, everyone, how to understand how this is impacting the dreamer. Okay, they'll go to a psychic to get it interpreted. And we, the church, should be doing that. Come on. Yep. We should be interpreting dreams for people. So I'm going to tell you why it's important and why God uh, set it up like that. Yeah. Um, and, and he thought this up. So we didn't mm-hmm. steal this from the new age. In fact, it's the reverse. The new age took it and ran with it because the church laid it down. Right. So that was going to be my kind of my next question was in your experience. Um, have you found, I mean, you obviously said that you interpret more people people's dreams outside of the church. Do you find that you are, you get 
a more warm reception to the idea of dream interpretation from non-Christians versus Christians? And why do you think that is? A hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> why? Like, I'm really curious your observations. They're starving. Hmm. They're spiritually starving. They don't have anything. They don't have anywhere to go and they hmm. don't know truth. And so when we're out there and God has given someone a dream, and, and this is another question I get asked a lot is, are all dreams from God? Well, of course not. Hmm. Uh, all dreams are not from God. However, God did make every dreamer. Hmm. So um, I have to determine where is this coming from? Is this coming from their soul or from them or from a situation that they've had to deal with? Or is it a God-given dream for direction or warning or that kind of thing? So I've had to, to make the call and then decide where do I go with this and listen to the Holy Spirit tell me, how do you want me to communicate this interpretation to them? And um, so it's been a learning experience for us. We've, we've started, um, you know, for years we were going out and just saying, I'm practicing I'm learning to interpret, right? We're practicing. So people didn't expect much of us. Okay. They, that's a good uh, tactic. Well, we'll, we'll help you, you know, kind of thing. So they were wide yeah. open to uh, hearing, uh, telling a dream and then hearing it interpreted. And so why, so why in the church do you think there's an apprehension with the whole idea of dreams? Because there's dreams all over the Bible, mm -hmm. right? So I, I, I'm always, always intrigued by that. So why do you think that is? I think we just went through a time where, where we just kind of blocked that out. Okay. Um, it was, uh, we pastored four churches. Okay. So we've been, and we went to Bible school and, you know, we were, we're from the Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. So when, when we were uh, growing in our faith and we were learning, you know, uh, pastoring and that kind of thing, it just, people had dreams, but we just really never focused on it. We didn't really pay attention. We didn't, we didn't put a lot of weight on it because we just thought, well, you know, it's just scattered here and there. Mm -hmm. But um, then we realized that as the times are getting, you know, the church is afraid of it. I mean, that's what I found out. The church is afraid of it. They were like, you can't do this. You know, I, I was, in fact, it was interesting right after, you know, I, I was learning to interpret dreams. God in, invited me to learn to interpret dreams because he said, this will be, if you're going to learn to fish men, if you follow me, you'll be fishers of men, right? Mm -hmm. That's my deal. I love, I, I love to see people get into the kingdom. He who wins souls is wise, right? <laughs> so I'm trying to find ways in. And, uh, and so that was the biggest hook. That was the biggest lure I had in my tackle box was dreaming dreams and interpretation because they're wide open. And, but when this began to happen, I had, I hosted the 2002 winter Olympics for a dream team. I had 27 people fly in from all over the place for a world event. Right. Mm -hmm. And we had no clue what we were doing. I mean, that's I the best, thought, that's the best situation though. Yeah. Right. I have no it's clue good. what you're doing, but trusting God that he's going to come through. That's yeah. Like... And, and he did, he did come through. And in fact, uh, I got a little bit of a reprimand here where he said, you know, I was so stressed over learning or interpreting dreams for people. I thought I was going to be on, on national TV or international TV. I thought I was going to get a hold of an Olympia, you know, person who, and I was going to tell their dream or they were going to tell me their dream. I was going to give 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was my preschool dream interpretation skills. And the, Holy, <laughs> the Holy Spirit said to me, will you chill out? I know how to do this. Oh, man. <laughs> That's what, that was my instruction. And I was like, I was freaking like I was trying to think of all ways. Oh. You know, I'd taken John mm-hmm. Paul Jackson's courses and yeah. he's way over my head. And mm-hmm. I don't think like him. I didn't ever. And that's another warning. I just try and tell people, God's going to talk to you the way you listen. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Well, but I had a pastor. I had a pastor call me because Charisma did an article on the 2002 Winter Olympics and the Dream Team. Right? Mm-hmm. Pastor called me at the beginning of my outreach from somewhere else and and got a hold of us at our church and said. I read your article in Charisma and I just disagree with this. I think it's very controversial and I'm not, I don't believe in this. Hmm. And without thinking, without even thinking, I said, well, I'm not trying to reach you. Hmm. <laughs> I said, you're saved. Boom. So, um, you know, I have a job to do, but yeah. now we're educating the church. We're trying to help the church realize how important it is. Mm-hmm for us to pay attention to these dreams yeah. and I'll tell you why in this session. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. Cindy, tell us why. <laughs> well, the first thing I want to tell you is this was God's idea. Hmm. Dreams are God's idea. It's a secret language. It's a mystery message. It's something that he can get into us. It's a communication device. He's he's the one who put this together And chose to use it because while you're sleeping, while you're uh, at rest, peace is the seedbed of revelation. And while you're resting, God can talk to you in ways that you will remember without running it through your filter or trying to argue with him. And what I found was when Jesus in Matthew 1 and 2, when Jesus was getting ready to be born, the earthly father of Jesus, Joseph, had four dreams, how to keep him alive. And it just astounded me when I read it and for myself. And I went, he could have used anything. Mm-hmm. That, that was the first thing I thought, God, you're God. You could, you could have made the mountains shake and scream. You could have caused the rocks to cry out. You could have made animals speak. You could have sent a legion of angels to communicate with Joseph on what to do. But um, if you look at the story and I'll encourage you guys who are listening to go back and read it for yourself. um, It says uh, Joseph, when he found out that Mary was with child, right? It says Joseph being a just man, you know, purposed in his heart not to put her away publicly, Mm -hmm. which was the law. That's what he should have done. The law of Moses said, you know, you're to stone them in the, in the public place, right? You make a spectacle. Mm-hmm. But when I read it with God's eyes, it was almost as the word Joseph being a just man turned into Joseph being just a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how I read it. Yeah. And God said, well, he was, he was just a man. And I thought, oh my goodness. And so, because I could imagine Think of it in his in his position. He's now found out that the woman he's engaged to that everyone knows he's engaged to is with child. And the only way that anyone outside, I mean. Joseph didn't even really understand what was happening. He didn't Mm -hmm. even know what was going on. 
And so he was probably wrestling with his own thoughts. What do I do? I trust her. I believe what she said. She's with child. I didn't get her that way. Right. He would know. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, do I even know you? Are you someone that I should, you know, have Mm -hmm. you gone off the deep end here? I mean, I could just imagine the things that he would consider being just a man. Right. But God waited until he was exhausted, fell asleep. And then Gabriel came and began to tell him what had happened. And he woke up and he did exactly what the angel told him to do. And so when we look at this and we go, that makes so much sense to me because he would have never reasoned in his natural mind what to do. And it was the most important time in history since the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. It was the most important time where Jesus was coming to earth to take back what Satan had destroyed and strip Satan of his authority and, and bring salvation to the people that God loves. And he gave him four dreams, how to keep Jesus alive. And uh, with each one, he obeyed what he heard in the dream. And each one came with a challenge. Each time it came with a challenge. Um, And so we have to realize that God is, is saying, I'm going to give you information. So if, if, if God did it, then when Jesus was coming the first time, it only makes sense Mm -hmm. that God would be giving out dreams of major importance of direction of warning when Jesus is getting ready to come back again. That's right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So yeah. when we when we see that and when we understand that, we realize that God puts a whole lot more weight on dreams than we do. Mm. Yeah, he puts good. a whole lot more. He he has a whole different idea of why he chose to speak to us in dreams than we do. And we just haven't valued them to the point that 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 God did, right? Mm. And yep. does. Then the mm. other thing that that um you know, you can go back and read the four dreams for yourself on, you know, one of them was with the uh, wise men. That was in Matthew two. Um, and I've got my Bible. I just finally got my Bible. I'm just going to read it. Yeah. Like, can I do that? Yeah, let's read I it. Read gonna the word. Do this, but I'm going to do this now. So here's the deal. So the first dream um, being a just man, this is Matthew 1, 19, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man. I'm just going to say the just man because I read it in the New King James. And uh, um, wanting, not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But then when he considered, behold, an angel came and appeared to him and saying, Joseph, in a dream, in a dream, an angel came saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which has been conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. And it says, and she will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save people from their sins. Now, it took place just as uh, through the uh, by the Lord, through the prophet that might be fulfilled, saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. All right. And that's from Isaiah 714. Um, And Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took her as his wife. And kept her a virgin 
So he knew not to mess with her, right? Mm -hmm. And so then it says, and then after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, this is chapter two in Matthew, in Judea, Herod the king, behold, a magi from the east uh, arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he? So he asked that he it was asking the astrologers, where is he uh, where I can go and worship him myself? And he was troubled. Right. So we're, we're living under just so you know, we're living under a Herod spirit right now. When Jesus is getting ready to come back. OK, this is, this is a, a, a murder spirit. It's a spirit of murder. That's really mm. what Herod represented in that time. Mm. And it says um, when King Herod uh, heard uh, that this was happening, is uh, troubled, and all of Jerusalem with. You got to know that when the king gets troubled, all of the all of Jerusalem is troubled too. The whole country is troubled when the king is troubled. Okay, so he makes it hard on everyone. Mm -hmm. he makes it difficult on everyone. Everybody's going through troubles. Everything is all decisions that are being made from the upper, you know, king are affecting everyone in the downline, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and gathering together all the chiefs and the scribes of people begin to inquire, where's the Christ to be born? And they said in Bethlehem. So Herod then in uh, verse seven, secretly called the Magi, the astrologers. Let's just call them the new age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's just call them that. And said, um, tell me, where he's going to be born. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go make careful search for the child. And when you found him report to me that I too may come and worship him, which he had no intention of doing. Right. Okay. Whatsoever. And so then it says, and having heard the King, they went their way and lo a star. Now here's, here's what I love about this. God is so smart. He's so fun. He's so crazy. I love the way he is because he just says, go ahead. Y'all just go ahead and follow what you do. Go ahead, do what mm -hmm. you do, you know? And so they followed it. They followed the star. They followed it. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Well, yep. he made the stars. Yep. And he, right? he made the universe. He made the stars, all the galaxies, all the, everything. Mm -hmm. It says they, he, they, they went ahead and followed the star. Um, and, but when they found Jesus, when they came and they found Jesus, they fell on their face and they worshiped because they found the truth. And now all the other stuff that they have been doing, they stopped when they found Jesus because mm. they followed. God is so clever to allow people to follow their own little path. Go ahead. Do, 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 go ahead. And he'll guide us even in some of the crazy things we get ourselves into. <laughs> Yeah. But when they find Jesus, they worship, right? That's yeah. what they did. Well, and really quick, we see that even in the um, the Muslim community now, where yeah. God God is revealing Himself even in the Quran, and then yeah. people are right. leaving Islam and becoming Christians. So that's right. And so they fell down, worshipped Him, and then verse twelve, then they. Now, we know there were more than two or three, right? Mm -hmm. The Walmart nativity scene tells us that there's three wise men. But <laughs> wise men <laughs> by history were coming and going out of Jerusalem all the time. Mm -hmm. So we don't know how many there were. We just know that there were three because three gifts were given, right? Sure. Yeah. But it could be that there were more of them. Mm -hmm. It could have been that there were more than just three. We don't know that. Yeah. 
And so it says, then they, I love this, verse 12, then they being warned, divinely warned by God in a dream Mm. not to return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. Now, let me tell you how this went down. First off, they, being divinely warned in a dream, did one have a dream and stand up and tell the others? Or did they all have the same dream? Mm. Now, when I'm out on the street and I'm interpreting dreams for people, I'm noticing a pattern. There will be there will be seasons of times when I'm interpreting for people on the street and there'll be a pattern. Everyone's had falling dreams. Everyone's had falling dreams. Everyone's had, you know, warning dreams. Everyone's had direction dreams. Everyone. So there seems to be a a rhyme and a reason within God's direction, Mm -hmm. even though they don't, they're not even aware of it, that God is, is guiding and directing in a certain way. So it's a tip off to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is a time of direction. So this is a season because we need to learn to know the seasons and the times that we're living in. Right. Mm-hmm. So now this is a season and dreams. This is time of, of, of people being, getting, getting information, getting direction, knowing to move here, move there, should go here, shouldn't go there. These are people that don't know him. So this was the same type of a thing. Hey, being divinely warned in a dream. They all had the same dream yeah. because the, the, the danger of not obeying what the King Herod had told them to do, return to me and tell me where he is so I can go and worship him too, which he had no intention of doing. Mm-hmm. And so God intervened their entire, they were probably going to return and tell Herod where he was. Yeah. But they were they were apprehended and read dream. So yeah. they are, dreams are of major importance. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, now and in the days to come. Well, and also was that so was this correlation between the magi and them getting a dream and you going, ah, okay. Uh it was probably more likely that it was multiples within this group of people. Was that a revelation that came based off of your own experience going out into the field and seeing the kind of the same thing happen? Yeah. I mean, theme? yeah, but also because I was seeing it from God's view, from his mm-hmm. lens. And I realized that, you know, we have sh- so short sighted him and we have told God what we, because we try and fit him into our head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's way too big to fit in our head. I mean, he, he just might as well get over that. Because yeah. he's never going to do things your way. And he's mm-hmm. not, he's going to do things constantly. And so when it says they being divinely warned in a dream, I begin to realize that other people now are being divinely warned in dreams about certain things. Um, and especially when I was on uh, certain programs that were not Christian, mm-hmm. that happened to me. And I was on, they said, have you ever heard anything like this? Have you ever have you ever heard of anyone talking about a pandemic? Have you ever heard of any, did you see this coming? Did you know that this was going to happen? Did, you know, did somebody have a dream or a vision or did someone have any foreknowledge of this? And this is on a non-Christian 
show? And I said, yes, actually. There were people who foresaw this, something like this coming. One was John Paul Jackson. Interesting. And I said, if you want to read it, he's got a thing on there. You can look up the perfect storm. Hmm. And he began to show and tell about 20, what, 24, 25 things that he saw coming. And this was one of them. And so now I'm telling unsaved people on an unsafe show with unsaved listeners that someone connected to the creator so cool. had information about something like this happening and they're no longer even here on the earth. They're already in heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it even piqued more interest. Absolutely. Them. Now they're going, are you saying that God gave them foresight or foreknowledge or, and I said, yeah, I mean, that's exactly my conclusion. Now I didn't force it on them. I just said, I believe, I think that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. So they came to that themselves. (laughs) Yeah. And I love it because it was like the lights went on. Yeah. Um, And so, and it was all based around, dreams or visions or something because they're you know dreams we have at night in in this case um uh joseph i what i would say when the you know gabriel came to him and and visited him i would have said that was an open vision but the bible calls it a dream because to me dreams need to be interpreted Mm. joseph if you think in in genesis um the cupbearer and the baker they had dreams with symbology and they had to have it uh, interpreted because they didn't understand. They were troubled, it says in their minds and in their faces were sad. And Joseph saw that in prison. Mm-hmm. And um, that's another thing. That's a, a whole nother um, experience that, that, that when people have a dream that is so impacting and they can't shake it off and they can't get rid of it and they don't understand what they just received in something that is what you said, over in in, uh, Iran and with the Muslims and with Mm -hmm. people that are having, you know, these kinds of dreams are to the core riveting. I mean, for them to take the risk to leave everything they've ever known and follow a man in white, (laughs) right? Appeared to them in a dream and called himself Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're beginning to see that when when the cupbearer and the baker had dreams, it says they've each had a dream, each with its own interpretation, and their faces were sad. And their re- their response, this is what we're hearing right now, present day. That's why it's so important for you to know the Bible and know what happened in these days with dreams. They said, we've each had a dream, and it's troubled us, and it's made us, our faces sad. And there's no one to interpret it. Okay. That's what they said. The cupbearer and the baker both, because they'd never seen it done. They'd never experienced, you know, anyone to interpret a dream. Then Mm. you, then you, you, you see that Joseph, (laughs) this is a popular topic. Joseph was kept in prison longer than he, what he should have been probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because God was preparing him. Yeah which is the process, the process. So let's, again, let's look at the weight. Let's look at the, the impact of 
of a dreamer. Let's look at the impact of the preparation for a dream interpreter that would be taking a position in the future of making decisions for an entire country because of a famine that was coming and because of a king that was troubled. And again, when the king's troubled, everyone else is troubled too. Mm -hmm. And in this case, in Genesis 39, 40, 41, it was Pharaoh. Pharaoh was troubled. He'd had two dreams and he, he didn't know what they meant. And the cupbearer had just gotten out of prison, right? Mm -hmm. It says God, uh, it, he was returned back to his uh, position. And I can, I can give you insight on that as well. But he said, look, I, he went to Pharaoh trembling, I'm sure, in Genesis 40, I think it was 40 or 41, said, look, I remember my faults this day. But when I was in prison, <laughs> when you put me there, when you put me there, um, there was a guy in there that I had a dream about what actually happened. I got restored back to my position as a cupbearer because he saw him pressing the cup back into Pharaoh's hand, right? That's how we know he was restored. You're going to go back. You're not going to be dead. You know, you're not going to get killed. Mm -hmm. You're not going to die here. You're going to be restored. That's exactly what happened. And he said, there was a guy who, who did this, who told me exactly how it played out. And so, and immediately because Pharaoh had already called for the, the psychics, he'd already called for the soothsayers. He's already called for the, uh, Magi. He had already called for the spiritual ones, right? The ones that were known for doing these things. And they couldn't give him an interpretation that satisfied his spirit mm -hmm. because it was a God-given dream and only someone connected to God could give him the interpretation of that dream. Mm -hmm. So that just tells me, I mean, it tells all of us that as good as psychics are, as good as they might be, or whatever they might, you know, do with their skill or whatever they, you know, they have, usually they're born with a prophetic anointing. They just have it tuned to a different. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Yeah. So, um, but they couldn't give him the answer. Mm -hmm. It says they couldn't, he could, they couldn't give him the answer of peace. That'll tell you another thing. When a when an interpreted dream is correct, for someone that's had a God-given dream, a peace will come over them. Mm. They will have a peace come over them. I've seen it a million times. Even if it's not a good dream, maybe it's a warning dream. Maybe it's a warning dream. Okay. But still there's a peace. It's almost like, you know, uh, okay, now let's let's have wisdom. This is when the word of wisdom kicks in from God. Not worldly okay. wisdom, it's the wisdom from God that's from heaven will kick in. Then you can begin to give them strategies as you hear the Holy Spirit tell them on how to walk this out. Mm. So now, oh, go open. ahead. Yeah. Don't just wide open at yeah. that point. So in regards to dreams, because you were mentioning earlier that dreams need an interpretation. Have you ever seen a dream that was literal? I think sometimes there's this there's this tendency to go look at a dream just so literally. I know that's how it used to be, where like I would get you know get a dream, especially when I started getting into missions. I that's when I really my dream dream life started really escalating, and I would get these dreams and I was convinced they were real. They weren't, and then I started to learn over 
my brother-in-law was really instrumental because he 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 was um an unofficial student of John Paul Jackson. You know, he just read a lot of his books, watched a lot of his material. And so he was really instrumental in helping me think outside of what my knee-jerk reaction was to go, okay, this is literal, even when it was. But kind of going back to what I had originally asked, has, has there ever been a dream that you've heard that was actually like a picture of the future? Like it or or is there is it always a symbolic thing? No, there have been a lot of literal dreams. And let me just say this, that when you have those kinds of dreams told to you and you know that they are a foretelling dream or it's a dream of a future, you know, because God does warn us, according to Job, I think it's 34. He says that God warns us in a dream and a vision in the night when people lay on their beds, he opens their minds and seals their instruction to guide them or keep them back from the pit. Right. So um, God speaks one way, then another, but man doesn't perceive it. That's what it says. And so when those kinds of dreams have been told to me, now I have a responsibility because it is a literal dream. It is something that I do know that one of two things, either God has planned for them or the enemy has planned for them. Okay. So let's okay. look at it like a warning dream. Yeah. Let's look at it like someone who's having a dream and they have had multiple dreams where they've dreamed it and it's actually come to pass. Okay, these people have a very high level prophetic anointing on them, but they're not connected to God yet. Hmm. So I have now a responsibility. I can either, uh, and this is, this is how I had to learn to navigate it, okay? Because if I say, oh, yeah, okay, well, this is your fate. This is how it's going to go down. I've just come into agreement with a plan of destruction. Yeah, you know? yeah. So instead of doing that, I go, well, I just want to do something here. What I want to do is I want to flip this thing around. And I want to begin to say to you, and I will give them a future and a hope. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm -hmm. I will give wow. them a future and a hope. And I will yeah. cancel because the power of life and death belong to me. They're in my tongue, right? So I cancel the death assignment over them and go, you're going to live and not die. Hmm. You're going to fulfill the days on this good. earth. Really you're good. going to be, you're going to come into an understanding and a spiritual awakening that is going to transform your entire life. You're going to begin to see things with clarity because the one who created you and put you together, the creator of the universe is going to invade your life. If you're dreaming dreams like this now, you're going to see an increase in your dreams that are going to give you information and understanding of a supernatural realm that you've never thought of before. That's so now, good. I have just prophesied. Right. Come into agreement yeah. with God's plan. Yeah. I know my plans. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. I know my plans, God says, for you, not for death or calamity, not for destruction, but to prosper you. And to give you a future and a hope, keep you in health and prosper you and give you a future and a hope. Mm. So I prophesy that in different words. That's why I wrote the book, Words at Work. Mm -hmm. Words at Work. The yeah. two books, what your dreams are telling you and words at work. Yep. <laughs> so, but, you know, and there they are. Yeah. Right Links so, are in the description, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, it's like, so... I have seen it. They have been literal. Uh -huh. The other thing that I've seen um, 
you know, as it pertains to people who are not following God, they're not connected, they're God-hardened, godless, or God-confused. Um, and I've heard them tell me a dream, and I know in my heart, I just, I listen to the Holy Spirit. He knows them. He knows mm -hmm. their story. He knows all things that have been going on, and he knows what the enemy's tricks are in order to, to keep them deceived or to keep them. It's, it's the same thing that happens when people go to a psychic. They keep going to a psychic because psychics can't see the future. They can only see the past. So they conclude hmm. that, you know, well, this happened in the past. So therefore, and so they really, what they do, they prophesy a destiny to them. They give them false. They give them something that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. People go ahead. They, they follow it. They just paid for it. And now they're, they're, they're going along with it. Now, where we come in is we come in and we go, okay, wait a minute. Let's get the truth on this. And let's see what, what your pathway really should look like. Hmm. This is maybe what you've experienced in the past, but that doesn't mean that that's going to dictate your future. Hmm. What your future is yeah. going to be is going to be this or that. And God will give us a word of knowledge or he would give us something. But what we do is we come into agreement. This is so huge. We come into agreement with God's purpose and God's plan for this. Now, people may ask, and I've asked it, honestly, what about the, what about the baker? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, cause when he, he was willing to tell Joseph his dream, when he heard the interpretation that Joseph gave the cupbearer and it was good. Well, so then he said, well, then I had a dream too. Now his dream ended in him being hung on a tree. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, so, you know, and, and Joseph interpreted the dream three baskets or three days. And in three days, you know, your head's coming off. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I don't want to, I don't want to tell someone that. Yeah, that's, so, that's pretty gnarly. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, I'm going to, I won't come into an agreement with that destructive type of a, of a future. That's just me. I won't come into a, right. <laughs> I want to go back when I see, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Joseph, look at dude. Why didn't you just <laughs> He's going to be like, well, there was some stuff that wasn't included in the text. Here's more context. And so anyway. Yeah. But well, I, I think too, I do feel like the, sometimes people can build doctrine off of one instance in the Bible of like a negative thing that happened. Yes. Like that, for example, like there, haven't, there aren't really a whole lot of examples like that in the Bible, right? About a dream no. interpretation. And it was like, hey. Bro, sorry, you're going to die in three days. Right. Well, Abimelech, Abimelech had a dream. And uh, that's when Je uh, Abraham had told Sarah to tell him that he was, uh, she was his sister. Right. And the first thing that God said to him, Abimelech, in the dream, is you're a dead man. <laughs> I mean, that's how it went. That's yeah. how he started out. And that was Old Testament. And then he goes, He's, she's not his sister. And he spared him. Yeah. He spared him. He spared Abimelech, you know, but that was how he started out. So there aren't many of those types of dreams where it ended in that type of a situation. Most of them were warning dreams to keep you yeah. from the pit. That's what it says in Job. Yeah. Well, and even that, 
yeah, even that instance though with Abimelech and, and Abraham is like, there was a lot, God was more committed to fulfilling that promise in Abraham because he knew it was fulfilling. It was establishing a nation. And right. so it, it was establishing his nation. And so I think I can look at that and go, okay, well, yeah, I mean, regardless of Abimelech not knowing, um, you know, it, God was so committed to that, you know, so you could look at it and be like, maybe that was more what it was. Or maybe but... God was getting ready to open her womb. Yeah. And yeah. she would have become pregnant with Abimelech's child right. instead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just don't know. Yeah. But, but what I do know is I partner with kingdom foresight. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I love partner, that, Cindy. Like that I, is awesome. I, I want to break off demand. That's my, that's why for this purpose was the son of God manifest to destroy yeah. the works of the evil one, right? Yeah. To destroy them. And so if I find someone come across my path that the enemy's got a mark on and they reveal it through a dream that they tell me, I'm going to, to destroy that direction. I'm going to, to, I call it standing deliverance. Mm -hmm. It's really a fun one. And when I hear it, I'll say, will you mind, would you come into agreement? Can we agree on something here? Because now I've won their trust. Right. And now they're like, yes, of course. And I said, will you agree with me that we're going to ask the creator to remove everything from you that would keep you from fulfilling your destiny? Who doesn't want that? Right? Who doesn't want that? Right, who doesn't want that? <laughs> and they're like, yes. Now they've just partnered with me in agreement. And God wow. said, by his word, if any two or three or you are gathered together in my name, I'm there in your midst. You can ask what you want and I'll do it. Well, he's there in our midst, whether they so agree, cool. whether they're believers, whether they're not. We just came into agreement. And by his own word, he said, if you ask me, I'm right there. I'm going to do it. So I take the authority. That's why, like my message, I feel like I'm beating a drum out in the desert somewhere. I'm like, man, if the church would just step up into their authority. Wow, yeah. If we would just step up, man, into our authority that Jesus died to give us, to strip Satan of and give it back to us. And we took over and we begin to say, you know what? No, not on my watch. Mm. This isn't going to happen. And, And take authority and cancel the assignment of hell over people through them telling us a dream or telling us something or whatever fear thing they've got, or, or, or possibly they are a prophet and they just are turned to the wrong antenna. They've got the wrong uh, receptor. Yeah. And I'm just like, let's get you turned back around. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me tell you what I see about you. Yeah. And now they're going, Oh my gosh, because I, I, I did, did a thing on this before the show. And I said, it's almost like when you reveal truth and you have the truth, cause God will give it to you. He is a truth, right? Mm-hmm. And and so when you have the truth, God takes that truth and pushes it into them. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like, oh, I never saw that before. Mm-hmm. I never felt like that before. And I feel like the anointing on us, I'm telling you this, the anointing on us that will literally, we are 100% committed to God, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. We're committed to seeing his kingdom come and his will be done on this earth. God's anointing is going to be so strong on all of us. That's what it says. You will receive what power dynamite power when the Holy spirit comes upon you. And then you're going to be my witnesses. 
you know, then you're going to, then you're going to, I'm going to do exploits. Those who know their God in Daniel, those who know God, I'm going to do exploits. I'm going to do specific, supernatural, mind-blowing dynamite things to, with people around them. I'm going to change their circumstance. I'm going to change their destiny. I'm going to take you at your word because you can declare a thing according to Job. I forget what it, I always get my addresses mixed up, but it's in Job 22, 28 or 28, 22 or something like that. You will declare a thing and it will come to pass. That's a promise. That's something that God gave us. And he said, I, you will declare a thing and it'll come to pass. Well, I'm going to do Job that. Job 22 verse 28. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Yay, Google. <laughs> so you will declare a thing. That's something we all get to do. Because we're partnering, we're echoing heaven. Yeah. We're bringing his kingdom mm -hmm. come on this earth and his will be done on this earth, just like it is in heaven. You just brought it down and shoved it in and yeah. said, oh, by the way, that's going to cancel every evil plot and every assignment uh, against you. Mm that would try and take you out early. And I've had this happen with gang members. Yeah. I've gotten gang members attentions before because we can speak to them and go, listen here, what you just told me is a warning dream given by the creator. I just heard it. And they're just like now, because they don't know any better. They have never heard anyone say something <laughs> yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. Like, People I, don't want bad things to happen to them, right. you know? So, yeah. and I go, this is a warning dream. You need to change your entire direction. Wow. of the path that you've been on. You need to disconnect from this path because it will cause you destruction if you go that way. But I'm going to tell you right now that what I see about you is you're going to live a long life on this earth, that you have a plan and a pathway. You've got something that fits you perfectly. That is no one else has. No one else has got your plan. No one else has got your path. No one else has got your design. No one else is made like you. No one else has been asked to do what you've been asked to do. No one else is going to be awakened to the degree you're going to be awakened. No one else is going to have that type of, of it's the same kind of thing. What you just talked about with the dreams of the people in Iraq and Iran, and they're having these dreams and it just boom, all of a yeah. sudden everything changed. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what I'm expecting. So, okay. Because I, I want, I, I what's that? I said, I get worked up. Yeah. I love it. Get as worked up as you want, Cindy. <laughs> what I, Cause I want to leave people with something just to kind of stoke the fire of okay. like them get, cause I, if this hasn't already stoked people's fire, people are probably really <laughs> like, yeah, Cindy. But what I want to do is now turn this on the people okay? because there are some people who are like, I, I, I would love Cindy. I would love to, some people even feel called to interpret dreams. I think we all should kind of be operating yes. in that, but some people actually that being the focus of their ministry but they're like, I don't even know how to interpret my own dreams. So right. if there's something that we could give people, yes, because uh, I've got an, a good idea for some homework to leave at the very end of this episode for people um, to do over the next week. But um, what what are some some of the first stages people could do to start either a interpreting their own dreams or b interpreting them for other people? Well, first off, I don't always encourage people to interpret their own dreams. Interesting. Okay. Because I think you're going to make it say anything you want. That's a great point. Been there, and done you're also, that. <laughs> you're also going to run it through your filter. Yeah. So someone who has learned, let me tell you this about dream interpretation from my own experience. Okay. It's not a microwave ministry. It's something I didn't, I didn't, 
I didn't know how to do. I had to practice. Hmm. I had to learn. I had to learn how to listen, to hear, instead of listen to respond. Hmm. One of the first things God had me do is go out and listen intently to what they were saying. And by doing that, I would visualize everything they said in a dream as they're telling it to me. I dreamed it with them. Then I would repeat back to them what I just heard them say. This is what I heard you say in telling me the dream. And if I missed any parts, they would correct me and say, no, it was it was my wife's car or it was this thing or it was this house or I was, you know, and they would add to or and sometimes just in the telling back of the dream that I I just heard, they would get the interpretation. They would under they would go, the lights would go on. And they were like, oh, my gosh, I know what this means. Because oftentimes we're so cluttered in our mind that we we will make it we'll make it say whatever we want it to say to fit our circumstance. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to have someone else interpret your dream. The other thing is people will say, well, I never dream. And if I do, I don't remember my dreams. Well, if you value something, you'll pay attention to it. And if you pay attention to it, then God will pay attention to it with you. So good. And he'll begin to give you dreams that you can remember. And if you just even write down just one of the topics or one of the things, you know, then God will give you understanding. Oh, he'll give you, he'll, I call it prophetic recall. He'll, he'll bring the dream back. If it's something that you do need to remember, because he's more into this than you are. Yeah, that's a great point. It's like healing. God's more into healing than you are getting Mm -hmm. or laying hands on someone and seeing them be healed. Mm -hmm. He's more into prophetic uh, words than you are giving a prophetic word. So um, he wants you to remember dreams because they're so important and they're a huge player in the days ahead. Huge. Yeah. And I also feel like, too, if you go and... um, if you go and like, say you're going to go to bed and you put a notepad and a pen next to your bed, that especially for like, well, I don't dream, but you take that, you take that notepad, you put it next to your bed, you put that pen there and you're like, that's an act of faith. Like that, that's an act of faith in going, God, I'm mm-hmm. ready. Yeah. You, I'm ready. And, and that's, I mean, for me, that's even been like such a great way of, uh, remembering dreams and then also seeing a frequency of dreams is writing them down. Yeah. Write them down. Yeah. Write down what you can remember. Yeah. And God will help you and begin to, uh, he, he, this is how I've seen it happen. And I think it happened with myself is I was having these crazy dreams, but when I understood how, how important they were to God, I began to remember them even more vividly. Hmm. I mean, it, it became a part, it's a very, very active and very major part of my life and what God's called all of us to do. It's just one third of the Bible is made up of dreams and visions. Mm-hmm. The whole book of Revelation is of open yeah. vision, you know? And so, um, and what you said is true. I remember Jerry Savelle, he said he was praying for God to give him an airplane. And God said, well, do you have a hangar? And he goes, no, I don't have a hanger because I don't have a plane. He goes, well, go get a hanger. Okay. So he went and got a hanger. And when he got a hanger, God gave him a plane. Yeah. 
And so it's the act of faith where you put your pen and your paper beside the bed and you remember just whatever you can. And God will activate your dreams. I, I promise you, we carry an anointing now. Wherever we go, people start dreaming because mm -hmm. we have a we have a value system of dreams and we value them because God values them. And when I saw in Matthew, what I was just reading to you guys, Matthew one and two about the birth of Jesus when he was coming the first time and how God used dreams and he could have used anything. It just, it was like, oh my goodness, we have so downplayed this. And that's the reason why the enemy has deceived the church to think that they're new age is because he knows how powerful they are. He knows that they're a secret weapon from God. He knows that dreams make an imprint on your spirit and they cause change in your life in a good direction when God shows up and, and when he reveals himself in a dream or he begins to awaken you. And now you're starting to, to, to have these, not only have dreams, you're hearing people tell you their dreams. Yeah. And now they're starting to, I've gotten, because of practice, I'm just going to tell you, it, for me, I'm going to be dead honest. I, I didn't, I took John, John Paul's courses and I love that guy and he was great and he was so good at doing that, mm -hmm. but I am way not on that level with the way I understand, you know? Mm. I mean, he was doing, writing them in a circle backwards and doing all these different things. Wow. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm going to make myself nuts because I don't think that way. Mm. And that's when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, will you chill out? I know how to do this. Yeah, man. Uh, sometimes he needs to tell me that too with stuff. Uh, even I'm very laid back, but even I get tight wound sometimes. Um, okay. So this is a question from the chat. We kind of touched on it earlier in the show, but it's from Samantha. It says, Miss Cindy, why don't we see the gift of interpretation very prevalent anymore? Well, because people haven't paid attention to it. They don't value what God values. Yeah. Remember what he said in Isaiah? He said, look, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Well, dreams are one of his ways. Obviously, we just read it. Right. And the reason why we don't see the gift of interpretation is because we're not practicing interpreting. Yeah. Joseph in Genesis practiced interpretation. He practiced it. He learned how to hear and how to hear from God on behalf of someone not connected to God to give them an interpretation of a dream. And when you value what God values, he anoints it and he, he will, he will. And we have, remember the two guys and he says their faces are sad and he goes, we've each had a dream, but there's no interpreter of it. This is the world right now that we live in. The world is saying we've had dreams. We've had dreams that are way above us. We don't even understand what they are, but we just know that they're future telling or they're apocalyptic or they're warning dreams or they're repetitive dreams. And there's no, inter I don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. I don't know of a church to go to where I can have my dream interpreted. So this is a, a wake up call. It's a, it's a blowing, a bugle. It's a, it's, it's, you know, ringing a bell to yeah. the church to go, let's start interpreting dreams. Did you know the word interpretation is the same? word the same definition of the word of interpretation of tongues hmm. it's exactly the same yeah. why don't we hear tongues and interpretation of tongues anymore right and and i just read a statistic 
and I can't remember exactly. I've got to look it up. You all might want to look it up too. It's Barna. And he said, this is the first time in like 50% of the church doesn't even believe that Jesus is the only way to God. Right. And a lesser number, maybe 30% or 20% don't, uh, that they do not value or they, they, um, only they value the Holy spirit Mm. and the gifts of the Holy spirit. So we've got even a lesser number of people in church that actually value first Corinthians 12. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're on this huge wake up call from heaven right now where God is going to pour out his spirit on on. all flesh. That's what he said. Well, so that means the Holy Spirit is going to come front and center back into our focus, and we're going to begin to see things like God sees them, and we're going to begin to value what God values. Well, and even, I mean, just like with everything, um, dream interpretation, seeing healing, you start laying hands on people, it, right. uh, prophesying over people, believing in a prophecy, it, all of it operates under this electric current called faith. And like, yes. that's, that's what God is looking for in us. It's like for so long, Cindy, I sat there and would just like wait for something to happen with inside me of like, oh man, wh- I, God, just give me whatever I need so I can go do this. And God's like, no, go do it. And I'll be there. You know, and you see that all over the Bible of people right. stepping out in faith, you know, it's kind of like, well, God, I want a six pack. And you're like, okay, well then start working out. You know, it's that, that's how you do it. You know? So um, I think with all of that, I think that there's been a lack of a lack of exercising faith. And on, honestly, too, when you step out in faith, it, it, it's you're putting your you're you're putting a lot out on the line. Obviously, yeah. God's the one that has to go th- pull through. But uh, there's a there's a large degree of vulnerability that happens when you do that. And I think yeah. that us in our Western minds, we we tried way too hard to box God in, and He can't be boxed in. But as no, a result, can't. it's just like yeah. You know, it's just this I was, like, yeah. I was just looking at this. Um, um, someone else had written in the chat, should we still write down our dreams if they're from the enemy? Like when a nightmare fills you with fear, like could God be speaking through a dream and then the devil hijacks the dream? Well, let me tell you this. If you saw, um, uh, first let me say, uh, yes. Write it down. Why? Because the enemy will take every opportunity to try and confuse you and Mm, and uh, deceive you. He comes as an angel of light to deceive many. Remember he, and so remember if you saw the movie uh, Maverick, a top gun. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I watched it. Everybody was like, Oh my gosh, that's the best movie. So I watched it (laughs) and, but he held up, he did something. And, and I, I thought, well, this is a great show, but he did something that really got my attention. He held up this book. And it was a training manual for fighter pilots. Uh-huh. You remember this? Yep. And he said, how many know this book? Do you know this book? And he asked these students a question. Do you know this book? And they said, inside and out. And he goes, so does your enemy. Let that sink in. Yeah. Do you know this book? Yeah. So Do good. you? Do you know this book? Come Do on. you? Inside and out. Yes. I know this book. So does your enemy. So what you have to do is you got to realize that whatever the enemy means for evil, God's going to turn it for good. So I hear a lot of nightmare dreams, especially from the adult convention, the, the girls involved in the porn industry mm-hmm. okay. and uh, 
you know, Doreen, she goes with me. Doreen Schultz goes with me and she can tell you the same thing. We hear a lot of dreams about being chased, being stabbed, being hit by, and they're all fear-based dreams and the enemy takes advantage of them. And instead of saying, oh yes, you're being stabbed, you're being hit. The back always represents the past. Mm. Always represents the past. Okay. So whatever from the past is, is trying to hinder you or cripple you or keep you running or whatever, being chased, that kind of thing. God's using it to force you into your future. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Whatever Satan means for evil, God's going to turn it for good. So the very thing chasing you, the very thing coming against you, it runs through your filter of fear because you've been traumatized in some way and the enemy will try and take advantage of it and make you, you know, afraid and get you where you hyperventilate and all these things. I've heard it all. And then, but the, but God will turn it for good. So I always take it and turn it for good. I'm like, well, whatever has been affecting you from the past, I don't care what it's been. I don't care if it was sexual abuse. I don't care if it was whatever torment or trauma thing happened to you, whatever you in in 25 different foster homes or whatever it was, whatever is affecting you from the past, God right now is turning it for good. So in other words, you're going to have a mouthpiece and authority over the very thing that tried to take you out. And no longer are you going to be intimidated by fear and nightmares and things like that, where you hyper, you're going to literally stand up and take your place and take your life back from what the enemy tried to steal from you. And I got another thing to say about that. If that's happened to you, it's because of the call that's on your life. Mm. If you weren't meant for something wonderful, if you didn't have purpose and value, there wouldn't be any reason to torment you. There wouldn't be any reason to come after you, but you have value and you have purpose and you've got direction and you've got an assignment and you're still here. Because God's not finished with you. Yeah. You're, you're still here because the enemy has tried to take you out, but it didn't work. And it won't work because God's reaching down into you. Where can he go? Where can you go from his presence? Where can you go, right? And so the, the devil isn't going to come and hijack our dream when you submit yourself to God and go, and every night just say, God, you're going to talk to me through my dreams, not the enemy, not anything else. And it may take a period of time where you have to go through that, where you just have to say it time and time and time and time again. But when he knows he can no longer get you there, those kinds of things will not happen. Hmm. They won't take you. They won't take you captive. Yeah. God's going to deliver you from the wicked one. He's going to deliver you from the evil one. They're his enemies, God's enemies anyway, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. And so the, and I notice this with children, they'll have night terrors uh, and they'll have um, things that will come and scare them as little kids to try mm-hmm. and distance them from God. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Innocent. And so he's, yeah. the enemy's already trying to build a wedge between them and the one who loves them, God. 
so that he can try and come in and misdirect them or misguide them or take them in ways they never meant to go. Mm, so, so good. Yeah. Wow. So, anyway. so in the, just really quick on the whole idea of nightmares, sometimes I've had dreams that right when I woke up, I, I was like, Ooh, that was, but as I wrote it down, I realized it wasn't actually like, as I'm like sitting there praying and, and asking God what this is like, there's this like peace that comes over, even just in the writing it out and realizing I'm like, Oh, this wasn't actually what I thought it was. Um, and, and then obviously like my wife and I both dream and my wife definitely dreams more than I do. Um, and so we talk a lot about our dreams. And so we do that where we'll, uh, you know, kind of be there to, to help interpret for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's been really helpful, but it's helpful. It's just not always, um, expedient. Mm. Uh, If you can, if you can begin to even help to equip others to interpret dreams, right? So let's say you get five people together of your friends and say, we're going to begin to explore the understanding of learning to interpret our dreams. Okay. And you begin to give attention to that and you give value to that. Now God's going to teach you his ways, right? He's going to teach you about interpretation and the of it, which is what we're doing right now. But, and then, you know, different resources like what I have and what John had and what, uh, Barbie has it, Doug Addison and different people that are friends of mine um, have. And uh, even uh, James Gall has mm-hmm. written a book on dreams. And so there's all these different resources that you can get and you begin to value the gift of interpretation of dreams. Now, um, other people are going to begin to pick it up because um, the, um, the anointing is transferred through association. So if you have an anointing and you ask God for an anointing for it inter- to interpret dreams, it's transferred through association. So the, the more you come together, the more God's going to teach you how to interpret dreams. And he's going to, yeah. he's, he's like I said, he's more into it than we are. And that's mm. really kind of what we all did. There were just a bunch of us that were knuckleheads that we said, <laughs> you know what, we're just going to get together and we're going to learn how to do this. We don't understand it, but we just know there's a need. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was of the opinion and still am, that I would, re- I would rather put myself on the line here and learn to interpret dreams because God values them than to see the world continue to go to psychics wow, to get so their good. dreams interpreted. Yeah. And they've got a God. I used to listen to the dream doc on the radio and they would call in and they would have these dreams. And I'm like, I know what it means. I know what it means. I heard from God. I know exactly what this is, you know, yeah. and I was learning. And I couldn't get through to tell the dream doc, you missed it. Some of them took place in churches and wow. he would come up with his nonsense answer. And that's what they were eating because they had no interpreter of the dream. Wow. Again, once you have the correct interpretation of a God given dream, the answer of peace comes over them. You feel it. They feel it. It's an answer of peace. It comes directly from heaven. It's just like a, a, a divinely spoken word. It's like apples of gold and pictures of silver. It will come over them and they will, they will eat it. They will embrace it. They know that it was right on. And they'll even tell you, I've even had them say that you're right on. That's exactly what this means. This makes so much sense. It's unlocked so many different understandings for me. And and it's, it's literally given me um, answers to complicated issues and situations. So 
that's where you have to grow in this. It's, it is a, it is a, a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a, it is, it comes under the heading of the prophetic gifting. It's, it's learning how to prophesy well and how to prophesy with accuracy and prophesy in a way where it's redemptive and it's not condemning because the, the essence of prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Mm. And so if we go any other way with coming into agreement with a negative or a destructive type of a dream or any statement or anything like that, we have just partnered with hell mm. for their destruction or the destruction of something or even yourself, you know? That's yeah. why he said, every mouth. Guard your heart with all diligence because out mm-hmm. of it, most the issues of life, yeah. like you know, the enemy's going to try and come in. And once you partner, whatever you agree with, you strengthen. How's that? Whatever you come into agreement with, you strengthen. So mm-hmm. a lot of this comes under the canopy of the prophetic gifting. And you just have to realize that you're going to grow in it. Like you do everything else. God's a farmer. He's always been a farmer. He loves seeds. He loves to water them. He loves yeah. to see them grow. He likes, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he's not expecting us to grow like, you know, if it comes up like a weed, that's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start interpreting and you get it wrong or you start misdirecting people or you give them wrong information or whatever. And I've seen that happen in churches. I've seen it happen in places where people and they ran it through their own experience or their own filter. And it wasn't what God was saying to the person in a dream. So um, I like it when we've had two or three of us that have done uh, dream conferences together and some people will uh, throw a dream out and one person will interpret it and I'll have something else to add or, you know, that kind of thing, because we see in part and we prophesy in part. So, Mm -hmm. but um, it's nice when you can, if you, if you'll, if you value it, if you want to see it grow You'll come together in a group and God will anoint you with yeah. what he, you know, with his anointing to interpret mm-hmm. dreams. Then you become yeah. an answer to the problem out there instead of, you know, coming back into the church and saved and the whole world going to psychics. And that's why the new age is a you know, multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. And they're getting all this false information or leading prophecies and the people go out to self-fulfill them. Right. Or it's like a true, it's a true interpretation in that it maybe is affirming the trajectory of their life, but God has other plans. Like you were talking about where you're speaking Mm -hmm. life. And I think that's the huge difference. And that's something that we have. We do. Because of who, whose banner we're under, we have that ability to instill that hope. We, that's why it's so important to know the promises of God, because those are things we can all hold on to if we align ourselves with him. So think about it like this, then I'll, I'll let you go. But I just want to say this, you know, when you go get your eyes checked, you know, you, they put that thing on you and they go, click, 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 uh-huh. click, 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 Yeah. you know, and you'll go, is that better? You know, left or right. Is that better? Um, you know, is it better or worse? Is it more blurry? Is it whatever? And finally, you get to a point where you've got perfect vision. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Yeah. That's what this is. God's so teaching good. us how to see through his lens. Yeah, that's really good. He's teaching us how to see things his way, the way he sees things. He's giving us clarity of vision so that we can see things accurately and we can go and we can now teach others 
how to do this. That's why I'm teaching during classes. Like, mm -hmm. okay, well, yeah, but if you're running, like I did, I did a dream course in some city years ago and there were like 300 people and it got so out of hand with people thinking somebody had a dream and somebody said, well, it's that church over there and it's that pastor over here and it's this guy and it's this person and that person. And the whole thing was a, was a nightmare. Like I had to stop the class and go, stop it. This isn't about any of that. This is about, and so we brought a correct interpretation to some of these dreams that were people were running it through their own hurt, their own offense, their own filter, their own bad experience, their own whatever. And it spewed out. It, it was like vomit, like everything yeah. went crazy. And I had to stop the class and go knock it off. <laughs> you know, stop doing that. Like this isn't yeah. helping anybody. And, um, and we had to bring it right back into the simplicity of no, we're not, we're not. And, and then there was a thing on, you know, just everybody needs to get healed. Everybody just needs to let it go, man. There's so much offense taking place right now. Everybody's offended with everybody on, about Richard. all things. That's right. And it's like, this isn't helping any of us. Yeah. It's not helping yeah. the kingdom of God. It's not helping the people that need to need to know Jesus. It's definitely not. They go into a church full of strife and bickering and offense and anger and people mad at each other and gossip flying and whatever else. It's like, oh my gosh. I mean, when I went to Burning Man and I did all those years out there with seekers, they were seekers. I had nowhere to send them when they got born again because they did, they did get born again. And they did feel the presence. They were transformed oh, by the atmosphere in the presence of God. Yeah. And they felt it. And they told me all things that accompany salvation. So I knew that they had received Jesus. And they even said, I feel Jesus in my heart. Mm. Like they said that. And then I was like, where do I send them? Because there wasn't anywhere I knew to send them. And they were from all over the world too. But I was like, we are the church. And we better pull it together. And God right now is putting his finger on all of us. You know what the offense is, some of it? I even talked about this Sunday. Patricia was up there giving a message on offense, you know, at, at a church here in, in Texas. And I went to see her because she's a good friend. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're absolutely right. And I said, also, God's offending our minds to reveal our hearts right now. Yeah. But the offense just is, doesn't come from each other. It comes right. from sometimes God offending our own minds to reveal our hearts so we can get that straightened out because we're, we're not going to be able to walk in a, a crippled place and be effective. We won't go long. We won't go the distance. We won't be able to go the distance if we're crippled up in what we think and how we will not let go of an offense and we will not let go. and We won't forgive and we won't move on and we won't, you know, if we stay stuck in that place, that's, how we're going to be and we're going to be a stench. It'll be like a repellent instead of an attraction. We're supposed to be an aroma of him in every place, yeah. not a repellent. Well, and even with the whole offense thing, I've noticed that I'm a lot better if I can, people can tell me just about anything in person and it won't phase me. I, you know, especially my time in missions and leading students across, you know, the country, uh, across the, the globe, there would be, 
people that would, you know, confess things to me that, you know, could be pretty shocking, but it was like, because you have that relationship with people and, yeah. and, and I care about them and I love them and, and even a stranger, but I find that when I'm on the outside looking in, just looking at everything through the window of social media, it's a lot easier to get offended and to take up that offense. Um, sometimes when it doesn't even pertain to you, quite honestly, yeah, I know. you know? I know. Uh, but there was even a season where God had me follow certain individuals on social media because they offended me. And so I had to see it and I had to like go, okay, I know that I'm supposed to love this person. I know yeah. and we know what the Bible says. So I could then take it through that, that lens of scripture right. and examine my heart. And it was real ugly, Sydney. I know. I know. Isn't it funny? It's like somebody, there was a meme going around not long ago. It said, you know, it's real easy. I'm sure Jesus, um, you know, was was able to love the the disciples, but was he able, you know, how hard was it for him to love Judas? And and it's like, we need to learn to love Judas, mm-hmm. the betrayer, the one that we know is already going to screw it up. You know? right. We have to learn yeah. to love that guy too. And we need yeah. to love, love those that don't love us back. Yeah. It's easy to love people that love you. It's not mm-hmm. easy to love people who come at you, who point their finger and that kind of thing, but love never fails. Right. So it's a, it's a learning curve for all of us right now. And I think God has got his finger on the, on all things pertaining to his kingdom and his way and his, his, the way he does things, the way he thinks, the way he dreams is one of them, a big one actually. And so if we can get our, if we can stop with this nitpicking ridiculous stuff and begin to, to humble ourselves really is what it is about and let God teach us. The whole Psalm 119 is a teach me Psalm. Hmm. Teach me your ways and I will walk in your truth. In other words, I don't know it all. And I certainly don't know it all as we've moved into a brand new era where new things are happening all the time we've never seen before. And, and, Hmm. And mysteries are being revealed that we've never had access to before. And God's moving in ways we've never seen him do that before. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, we're in a brand new era and we're living in, in, a, in a culture of people that have been spoon fed all kinds of stuff. And things are coming out of their mouth that are just absolutely mind boggling. And you just have to hold your own and you have to realize that God's got an answer for it. He's got an answer. I know it's mm-hmm. weird, but part of it's going to be through him the visitation or not just visitation, it's going to be a literal pouring out of the glory of God from heaven along with the justice of God. Behold the kindness and the severity of God. It's two things. Mm -hmm. And so he's bringing both. There's going to be, you know, justice and some judgment coming to some people who just absolutely would not go. And there's going to be a lot of exposure and people are going to be upset and there's going to be a lot of disruption but we just have to hold on to God, put our anchor there. I did a whole thing on that. Put your anchor in God. Make sure you're holding on to him because he'll make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Other people won't make sense of it. God will make sense of it. And he'll probably do it through a dream too. Yeah. He's given me a lot of, a lot of, of clarity and insight, you know, about all things through a dream. Hmm. And when things were starting to come unraveled and I couldn't figure out, like I was looking around, my head was spinning too. I'm thinking, are, are we on planet Earth? <laughs> is this, is this even still okay? Yeah. And, um, 
but God would, would oh, settle man. me down. And, yeah. and I did a, when all this nonsense started anyway, I, I, I did a six part series on WTF. Yeah. <laughs> it was walking the faith. <laughs> yeah. Walking the faith. It's like, but I knew what I was doing, but I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. And then I, I went into BS, you know, like, oh, come on. Yeah. So this is where our, this whole presence, we can, you know, have God show us his presence. We, we invite his presence. We want to live in his presence because that's where, that's where um, uh, discernment comes from. Mm-hmm. That's where truth is resident. That's where peace comes from. That's where you can stand in the middle of a storm and you're not swept away by it because you've got the presence of God with you and you understand him and you know that he's got you and he's protecting you and he's going to help you help others. And, um, so it's, it's going to be a real interesting thing, but dreams have been a major and they are going to be a major player in the days ahead. Mm -hmm. I think next week we're covering different kinds of dreams. Okay. Fun one. Yeah, that'll be, I'm man guys. Isn't this great? It's so good. (laughs) This is, I, I just think this is very needed. Um, and this is going to be just a great tool, even in the years to come for people to come back to. Um, that's kind of the purpose of these teaching series that we, we do on Elijah Fire. So, um, but I, I also feel like there's some people who you're like, this is, you don't believe that God speaks through dreams. Um, I would encourage you to, to open yourself up to that. I think that God is trying to speak to us through dreams. Actually, I know he's trying to speak to us through dreams. And, the Bible says so. Yeah. And I mean, so, that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I, I just, I really do feel like that the church itself has lost a lot of ground in certain areas because we are powerless. Like we're not, there's so many different denominations that aren't, aren't even, and I don't want to get into that, but that aren't embracing the gifts that aren't pursuing them. And yes, we need maturity. Yes, we need wisdom with them because there's been a lot of abuse but oh yeah uh, but the solution is not to go well then let's just forget about it because as we do that the new age movement is growing exponentially and um and they're offering them something you know and and we what we have is greater what we have is is the The truth yeah it's it's truth absolute truth with no with no darkness in it yeah Light yeah. with no darkness in it. Yeah. And it's the most high. And and that's exactly what we need to do. And he is teaching us his ways. We just have to be open to learn them. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Tim was walking and praying one time and he said, God, they don't like the church. And God said, they've never seen the church. And he mm. goes, they don't like Christianity. And he goes, they don't like powerless Christianity. Yeah, man, that's like. And that's what the whole conviction. world is like. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's like, I, I'm out there. Yeah. Okay, this isn't just, I'm just, oh, I heard this. And, you know, I'm yeah, you live it. I live it. I'm out there. I hear mm-hmm. what they say. I hear what people are telling me. And it's everything that we've heard over the years for so many years at mm-hmm. places like Burning Man, where they're, they're just off in La La Land, you know, and, and they have so many different perceptions and understandings of life or truth. And, and so when the Holy Spirit comes in, he erases or he separates them from all deceptions and brings truth in and it registers on the inside of them because he's made them. Now they want it. They're like, how do I get this? What is this? I've never felt any. And they, so they have, no one is going to get born again without an encounter. 
And if it's through a dream, that's an encounter. If it's through a, a prophetic word, that's an encounter. If it's through a supernatural experience with, you know, God sends angels or whatever it might be, that's an encounter. It's, we're not in charge of how God wants to encounter people. Come on. We're in charge right. of being able to work in tandem with the Holy Spirit to watch him compel people to come in. That's what I wrote in Words That Work. It's a compelling factor. We have to learn how to compel them to come in. There's categories of people. There's different ways they live. There's different thoughts they have. There's different ideologies. There's different perceptions of their truth, which isn't God's truth, you know? So we've got our job cut out, but God's bigger and he's teaching us how to go about it. And it takes all the fear out of it. And it just, I, I think of it as an adventure. If you want my opinion, I just think it, I'm just like, where are we going today? Yeah. See, that's the fun thing with following God um, is that it is an adventure. Yeah. You know, and the sooner that we can resign any kind of like, no, I need to, I need to create a structure. I need to, I'm like, God, He'll good, destroy it. good luck. You <laughs> I know? tried that. They're yeah. like, where's your outline? And I'm like, I don't have one because yeah, every man. time I write one down, God erases half of it or more. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even know what I'm doing half the time. I'm just out yeah. there with him in tandem. And he knows what he's doing. And so he teaches me his ways as I go about with him. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like he'll, yep. he'll instruct me in certain ways. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, of course, you know. And yeah. I can't take any credit for it because he no. did it all anyway. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's why. So I'm hoping, I know, I know that a dream thing like this will, will create more questions than answers. It, every time we talk about it, it does. But I'm telling you, if you want to, you know, to understand what the Bible says, the one that you say you believe in, I'm talking about everybody, <laughs> this, if yeah. you believe this, if you really, really do, and you walk and you are called by God to be his witness and to go about into all the world and and preach the gospel, you know, and all things, you're going to need to learn about dreams because they will be a major, we're seeing it. You just said it. We said it three or four times on this show in Iran. People are getting saved. One of the largest growing churches in the world right now, they're all getting saved through dreams. Yeah. That has to speak loud. That has to be important. Mm. That has to be something that people say, oh my gosh, it's true. It's happening. Mm. Look it up for yourself. And so, and it's not just there. Uh, there there's a, you know, when, when the Lord causes his spirit to be poured out, like we're going to see. You know, the, the new age is going to be one that's going to come to him. They're going to fall on their face like mm -hmm. the wise men. When they found Jesus, they worshiped. And, yeah. and that's what's great, great missing. Point. That's what's missing is they find Jesus. But right now the world doesn't trust the church. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is their own words. Yeah. They don't trust the church. The church mm -hmm. doesn't trust the church. Anyway, yeah. And they're too, we're too busy eating our own half the time too. Yeah, know? pretty so, much. Yeah. So anyway, God's going to change this. I think we're in a huge altercate. We're being given a makeover. Yep. Amen. You know, we're in fixer upper. Yeah. We're, a, we're a fixer upper now. And God's saying, I'm going to take the ugliest thing on the block and turn it into somebody's dream home. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. so, we're just, we're going to watch him uh, transform us as we move forward and dreams are going to be a part of it. And you're going to start dreaming 
if you if you haven't you will so and it'll be important for you to know some of the things we've learned i i don't know it all i just know what i've learned and i know more than i did when i started mm -hmm. but i had to start somewhere right yeah so and that's it. That's, that's it. That's really where it's at. So yeah. So Cindy, can you do me a favor and just pray for people, and then I'm going to ask sure. you one last thing at the very end. So okay, Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you're teaching us how to do things and teaching us your ways. God, we want to right now, corporately humble ourselves and say we don't know it all, mm. and we want to say that God, we just ask you to forgive us for assuming that we think we know things that we've never even. You've never even revealed or we haven't had access to or we just have been ignorant of or we have we fought against you and we just repent for that. And God, I just ask you that you would begin to reveal yourself to us in dreams and that you would show us your from your perspective how you feel about things going on and about dreams and about giving us insight, giving us direction, giving us warning, giving us the ability to see from your your own perspective god i pray that you'd soften our hearts lord we want to lay down a fence we want to lay down all things that we've been holding on to trauma and everything else that has tried to cripple us in our walk with you or tried to make us um, be against one another and we ask you lord that you would straighten us out and you would just put your hand on us and just have mercy on us and on our country lord and on our and on israel God, and on our land, Lord, and on this world. And I pray that you would just, you would get us ready. Do the preparation. Do the preparation you need to in order to get us ready to be who you need us to be and flow through us the way you want to in the days ahead as we enter into these final days where so many people are going to be coming into your kingdom. And we just thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. Mm. Right? Mm. Amen. Okay, Cindy, um, off the top of your head, do you have any any uh, homework that you could have people do over this next week? We did talk about putting a pen and paper by your bed. Okay, so that's the first thing. Um, I'm going to say I want you to I want you to get with at least five to ten people because it's a whole week. You got that long. I want you to have them tell you either a dream or a story of their life, a happy one, make it a happy one. And I want you to learn to listen to hear instead of listen to respond. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. So that means that you get to repeat back to them everything that you just heard them say. If they tell you a dream, don't try and interpret it. Just repeat the dream back to them verbatim, the way that they just said it. What I've learned by doing that, it was an exercise God sent me on for homework. I learned how to hear him better. Because I wasn't running mm. to my jibber jabber all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was learning how to hear him better by repeating back everything. And you can do that in the Psalms. You can read it out loud. And then repeat back what you just heard yourself say. You can take it verse by verse. Wow, you can do so it in Proverbs. You can do it in any of the, you know, the minor prophets, whatever you want to do. And just awesome. repeat back what you just heard yourself say. And that helps you retain the word inside of you. 
And it also helps you to hear your voice saying, repeating in agreement what the scripture says, what yeah. the Bible says, you so know, good. So, so those, good. Are your, those are your two assignments. Get okay, your everybody. pen and paper and then listening. You have to listen to 10 people and there has to be a happy story. You can't have them tell, don't let them drag you into their mud pit. So everything has to be a happy event, a okay. vacation or a wedding or something good. And it can't go into your, into the negative junk. Uh, and then you repeat back what you heard them say. I usually tell them, keep it to about a minute. Cause otherwise people will sit there and they'll tell you everything. And there's no way you can repeat back everything they just said. So keep it right. to about a minute. Yeah. Okay. There you go, everybody. There's your homework. Got to yeah. do over the next week. Um, also, everybody, just a reminder for those of you who I saw some people jump in halfway through and this got recommended to them. This is a teaching series. It is part one of four. Yes, this is part one, which means there are going to be three others. We'll be doing this for the next three weeks and we're going to end it with the final episode. We're still trying to figure out the logistics, Cindy, but we're <laughs> going to do a some form of a live dream interpretation. So mm-hmm. everyone went, oh, I could, I just, I heard it. I heard it, Cindy. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be the final, final one, part four of four. You guys are not going to want to miss each of these. So share them, especially if you have people who are curious about dreams. They don't even have to be Christians. Send them this. Um, yeah. the, people are intrigued by dreams. And Cindy is the testament <laughs> of, of that because uh, you've that's your ministry. So a large um, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy, how can people follow you? You obviously mentioned your, your books. Those are links in the yeah. description, but go ahead and go through that again. Well, you want to go on cindymickle.org. Make sure it's .org for good reason. Um, okay. Yeah, I won't go into it. Just make sure it's yeah, .org. I think I got you. I think I got Cindy you. McGill.org. And um, then uh, uh, make sure that you sign up for the shout. We have a weekly shout that tells you upcoming events and where we're going to be and that kind of thing. We want to bring people into their own identity of who they're made to be. And then you can bring others into their identity. Because people don't know who they are and they don't know what they're made for. And especially now it's even coming out. Like, I don't know what gender I am, you know. Right. Oh, for the, and so anyway, people my age are like, you know, um, anyway. um, So people my age are like that too. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So um, we want to do that. And then um, be sure and get the book. Uh, I have it on audio. I have it on Kindle and I have it on, um, if you want to go on Amazon, you can, it's on there. And, but it'll, and I think it'll change and shift your perspective, perspective. I brought the, I wanted to bring the heart of God forward because that's going to be the essence of everything we do. If we have mm-hmm. his heart, we've got his words, right? Yeah. If we have his heart, we've got his ways and his methods. If we have his heart, we shed all of our own stuff and we can begin to see things the way he does. And then of course the dream book, um, it's about, uh, it's about 12 years old, but it's still a good one. I'm writing another one with updated dreams in it. so i'm working on that right now that's exciting yeah, kind of a follow-up to words that work as well so i'm just we're just equippers tim and i both are we're just we just feel like we want to equip yeah. leaders to lead mm-hmm. we want to equip people to to do the work and to lead because we're not church sitters we don't sit we just i we've never been that way we've always pioneered everything we've done yeah. And we've always learned the hard way, oftentimes by just taking a risk. Mm-hmm. And um, so we want to teach people it's okay if you don't do it right. It's okay if you fail. It's okay. Yeah, I love that. You know, because you're going to fail. It's okay. It's no big deal. And in fact, it's not a failure, it's just another stepping stone. 
into your growth process. So um, we just want to help people uh, get grip and get, and we want them to engage in the world we currently live in. That's my passion because I'm out there and I know exactly what they think. I know, I mean, I'm not there more than I'm in the church. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, I, I, I'm just like, all right, okay then. And God yeah. will show me, okay, this is how they arrived at that conclusion. And again, mm -hmm. we do several outreaches. Once you've gone through a learn and launch, you become eligible for some of the other outreaches that we're creating right awesome. now. Uh, awesome. The big ones, of course, are um, uh, the adult conventions and mm -hmm. different things. There's several of them. And one of the areas that we want to begin to be more present is with the drag queens that think that they're. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're going to start investigating and going in and see how God wants us to navigate there. But we go in first. I take a little team with me and we go in first and then we learn and then we come and train you mm. so that people can be effective in how they're reaching without being offensive. Mm. All right. There's a difference between being effective and being offensive. Mm. And so um, and that way we're, we're my heart is to protect these little kids from things that they're being awakened to that they should not be. Yeah. And, um, and so the outreaches and some of the bigger, like Burning Man, stuff like that, those are what I call the deep, deep, you know, so I don't take people with me until I've taken you with me on a small one, or in, I see how you are, I see if you're able to handle it, you know, because I'm not, I'm not willing to throw people into the deep. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine Burning Man's a little intense, too. Yeah, so. it is. I haven't been in a few years, but I'm going back next year. Oh, awesome. And so, um, I don't know. There's just some of these things I, I thought I was done with and God was, well, you know, so, um, but I, but I learn and I, I, and other people that go begin to learn as well. Um, and I think that we have a great chance at changing the atmosphere of our world and of our nation and of our families and of our churches and of our cities. If we will just come into alignment, I call it organic spiritual alignment hmm. with God. Yeah. He will teach us what to do. He will pos position us just like he did Joseph with Pharaoh in positions where you get to call the shots and you get to make decisions and you get to change things that are, that are desperately wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm looking for the ones that'll go into the deep for the big catch. Yeah. And, but I want leaders. I want people who are passionate to do it and they're not going to uh, flunk out on me when it gets hard or they disagree. And I don't like uh, people who just want to argue constantly. I can't, I can't do, hmm. just go somewhere else and do that. It's yeah. Like, where they come in and they're like, Cindy, I have my own ideas. Yeah, of exactly. how we're gonna do <laughs> And it's like, you probably do, you know, but I'm not here to convince you. I'm here to right. equip you. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be convincing you of anything. I'm going to be equipping you. And if you want to be equipped, there's a whole nother level. Uh, you know, I want people that are teachable, that are ready to learn and that want to, you know, have these incredible, I mean, we see God do, the most exciting and wonderful thing. I've never seen him do stuff like that in church. Never. Because mm. he's not allowed to, for one thing. Yeah. It'll, it will Oof. happen. Well, it's true. I, mean, I know. I, I, I can I'm, say that. We've yeah. we, we pastored 35 years. I can yeah, tell you. Yeah, you know. I do know. Yeah. But I also know the world, and I know what they're going through, and I know what they're thinking. So yeah. I'm here to equip. I want to equip awesome. the church to do the work, and we want to change the way we've been doing things because they don't work anymore. 
And so anyway, you can find all that on my website. If you want to do a learn and launch uh, minimum of 50, I would, I want to do the most I can do because I think that time, the labors are few, mm-hmm. put it that way. The labors are few. So I'm looking to raise up, um, you know, people to go into the harvest and get the, get the catch. We have low hanging fruit and high hanging fruit. Mm. We have both. And anyway, I can go into that later. Yeah. That's a whole nother day, but yeah. So the dream thing will be a big deal. You'll it'll be a key in any you want to go. We can get a great icebreaker breaking through. Whatever turn down. We yeah. can go. I've been to pagan festivals. I've been to, you know, like I said, the adult conventions. I've been I've gone into a lot of other places and um and some of the Christian outwardly like in your face Christian, like, you know, Jesus loves you kind of thing, they aren't given permission to go in. Because Jesus said it, he goes, look, you're going to be hated by all men because of me. Mm-hmm. So if we go in as a dream interpreter, we have a whole lot better uh, chance of getting in. And we've never been turned down. Yeah. And then That's we're awesome. able to go in and, and do what we need to do. And, um, and it works. Awesome. It works. Love it. Well, seriously, Cindy, thank you so much. You've been so generous with even just committing to four episodes. So I'm I'm just over the moon excited I'm for happy just to do the next one. My spirit is just stirred. I, I think this was just, this was great. Um, and so, yeah, I can't wait to see questions from people. I can't wait to hear testimonies. Um, and then everybody do your homework as well. But seriously, yeah. Cindy, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. All, All right, right everybody. see you next week. Oh, yeah, everybody, that's our show. Um, also, there's a little donation slide at the end. We really appreciate those donations. It takes a lot, a lot of resources to keep this thing free and running. So if you feel led, five bucks even, buy, buy the producer a coffee. Uh, <laughs> just go to ElijahFire.com slash donate. Um, and there's also the, a little reminder at the end as well. Tune in on Friday. We'll see you then. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.